are so many different ideas about good health. How do you separate the myths from the facts? Welcome to Healthy View Radio with your trio of co-hosts, Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus. Today, you'll learn what it takes to be healthy and happy within a stressful world from three experts walking their talk. Here is Lisa, Andrea, and Michelle. Hello and welcome to Healthy View Radio. Check this out. In one study, just two nights of getting less than eight hours of sleep resulted in net weight gain in women. And as we all know, lack of sleep results in a whole lot of other problems like not knowing what day it is, having crazy food cravings, and getting into a fight with your spouse. (laughs) (laughs) I might know that one a little too well. So today on the show, we're going to be helping you get your all-important Z's. My name is Michelle Fenickhouse, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Andrea Beeman and Lisa Lutan. We are holistic health experts, which means that when our clients can't sleep, we're looking at why, you know, what's the root cause and not just recommending, oh, take a sleeping pill. Let's fix that with the pill, which by the way, might knock you out, but it doesn't provide the same restorative benefits as actual sleep. And I have such a sleep story to tell you guys, and it involves a banana, believe it or not. And I want to invite Andrea and Lisa to share their expertise. But first, like, I want to do a shout out to our sponsor, Vapor Organic Beauty. I've been using Vapor for five years now. It's the only makeup I use. I'm wearing it right now. And they are the only brand of makeup that I buy because aside from being organic, beautiful products, like they are luxurious, really. You get it in the mail and it's none of that crunchy granola, cardboard feeling organic stuff. It is pure luxury. And you can save 20% by going to Vapor Beauty. I'm saying Vapor because it's actually V-A-P-O-U-R, VaporBeauty.com and using code HVR. And hey, make sure to get one of their sample kits. It's just 15 bucks. You get all different colors that you can try on and see what's going to work for you before you buy a full-size product. So again, that's vaporbeauty.com and use code HVR. So back to our topic of sleep. Andrea and Lisa, what stories do you have for us? (laughs) I wake up over there. (laughs) Oh, sorry, sorry. Your long intro just (laughs) knocked me out. (laughs) I got a a good sleep story. Uh, Well, you know, I guess they're all good sleep stories. When, um, I guess six years ago, five, six years ago, when I was dealing with Lyme, um, I couldn't sleep at all. Like there was a six week window where I managed one to two hours of sleep per night. And I have to tell you that it was the most challenging experience of my life to try and be in the world on that little amount of sleep. And, you know, like the Lyme, you know, I had all this bacteria and virus going crazy in my system. So my body was completely exhausted and you need energy to sleep. People think that, oh, you're exhausted. You're just going to go to sleep. That's not the way that it works. You actually need energy so that your body relaxes into a state that it knows it's going to wake up again. <laughs> so <laughs> when I had Lyme, my body was like, this, this person is dying. <laughs> you know, you're not going to sleep. Let's get everything still. You know, it was crazy. It was crazy. And it affected my relationship with my husband. It affected my work. It affected my desire to be in the world. It affected my healing process. My lack of sleep literally made me feel like I didn't want to be in the world anymore. Absolutely. I totally, totally agree with that. I, I learned at a very young age, if I didn't sleep, I cried. 
Like it was just like, I would be sobbing the next day. And that made me kind of boring. Like I wasn't out late clubbing in college. (laughs) And even now when my friends are like, oh, let's have dinner at 10 o'clock. I'm like, no, like that is going to mess up my sleep. And so I guard it like, like one of the most important things. But I do know, like having gone through periods in my life of not sleeping, it's the worst, like the worst. And they call it postpartum depression. I mean, this is a real thing, but I think a huge part of that contributing factor is the lack of sleep for women after having babies. You do start wondering, like you said, Andrea, like, uh, do I even want to be doing this? Mm. That was a huge problem for me. And that's kind of where my story starts because I, well, I've always had great luck with my clients. Oh, I'm sleeping great, they tell me. Oh, I've never had better sleep. So I thought I had it all worked out. I had this sleep thing down pat. But when I stopped sleeping... I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do all the things. So, you know, let's get real, real tight on not, uh, not drinking caffeine and we're not going to do the sugar and I'm going to dim the lights in the evenings. I'm going to do all the things. Have a regular bedtime. Didn't do anything to help me. I was like, oh, I thought I was so good at this. (laughs) (laughs) So then you bring in the big guns, you know what I mean? That's when you go for like the rescue remedy, nighttime formula and the, uh, uh, what's it called? Natural calm powder and the right. sleep so masks and the earplugs <laughs> and the, <laughs> the white noise still. Interrupted sleep night after night after night. Like if my husband went <clears throat> in his sleep, I'd be like, boing, I'm awake. You know, or if a bird chirped out the window, springing out of bed. I would have gave the baby up for adoption and got a divorce and then got to sleep. (laughs) Not that far off from where I was. I got to tell you. (laughs) I I probably wrote that in my diary at some point. (laughs) Plan for today. (laughs) I really thought I was going crazy for sure. Um, And this went on for years. Like I want to say it was six years between when my son was born and, um, and the day that somebody mentioned in passing that banana peel tea is something that you can use to help sleep. Hmm. And I was like, come again? Say what now? Banana peel? (laughs) Something I got in my kitchen. I always have one of those in my kitchen right there. I'm going to try that. And, you know, sometimes you just got to give it a shot and see if it worked. Have you guys ever heard of banana peel tea? So ironically, this is kind of funny. About a year ago, I had the worst night's sleep. And I was like, oh, my God, I am a maniac. I need to do something about it. So I went online and Googled who is like the expert on sleep. And this guy, Michael, Dr. Michael Bruce came up, who I know you're going to be introducing soon. But um, I got him. I interviewed him. And I said, Michael, help me. Like, I need sleep. And he told me about banana peel tea, which I had never heard of before either. So super cool. What oh, is it about the banana peel? Is it the potassium? Magnesium. Uh, uh, uh. That makes but sense. But I got to say, I had already tried um, natural calm is magnesium. It's a powder, you know, you mix. Yeah. Didn't really notice much of a difference. I've tried the magnesium oils, you know, you rub all over your skin. So it absorbs that way. Didn't really notice any difference. The baths with the Epsom salt, same thing. No big difference. But once I tried the banana peel tea, and I don't know if it's just the magnesium or it's in combination with potassium or um, Andrea, we were talking one time about maybe it's the mucilage in the banana peel that Mm -hmm. allows it to be more easily absorbed. I don't know. And I (laughs) don't care because I swear by this stuff. I absolutely swear by it. Do you drink it every night or is it something just when you're having trouble? 
I drink it almost every night because there's always going to be wow. like, yeah, like I'm if I travel or if I forget, like there are nights that I don't. So when I when I can, I make sure to do it. So I don't want my body to run out of whatever it's running out of uh, <laughs> on the <laughs> off nights. And I haven't I haven't had much trouble sleeping since I started that routine. And do you drink it right before you go to bed? And how many banana peels do you use? <laughs> 14. No, <laughs> my kids eat a lot of bananas, which uh-huh. is great. Cause there's always plenty of peels lying around. So I use one peel per serving. I'll do like mm-hmm. one banana peel. I got to work up to that though, because some people, <laughs> as I found out, my husband was like, Oh, let me try it. I'm like, all right, here you go. That poor man had diarrhea for like a full 24 hours. Oh, then it does affect the mucilage and the digestive system. Well, too much magnesium will give you the the runs too, you know? So I'm thinking the man doesn't really have trouble sleeping to begin with. So maybe he's got got plenty of magnesium in his system. But uh, I I think you got to work up because you don't know where your levels are at necessarily. So I started with like one piece of peel and then half a peel. And now I use the whole peel and I've never got the runs. So maybe I should even jack it up a little bit, but you want, you want the runs? No, but <laughs> how deficient am I? People out there that are constipated and can't sleep. This could change your life forever. Game right? changer. And it costs nothing. My husband, however, tells me it smells like I'm cooking garbage. Wow. Well, do you take the whole peel? Do you chop it up so it gets more surface area? I mean, you just put it right into the water? I take the peel. I do cut off the stem because, you know, the plastic part that's always attached at the stem. Right. I I don't want to get any of that. And I wash it. And then um, and it's always an organic banana because bananas do get sprayed like the Dickens, you know, so you want to make sure you're using organic bananas for this. Uh, And I just throw the peel in a pot with like two cups of water, bring it to a boil, simmer for as long as I've got, you know, 20 minutes, usually 20, 30 minutes while I'm packing the kids' lunches. And that's what I'll drink before bed. I wonder if you can make a huge batch of it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You can. And this week, I'll do like maybe four at a time. And this week I tried throwing a cinnamon stick in there, which really Mm. makes it taste more pleasurable. Banana. Oh, yeah, I guess I could see that. You know, almost like a banana's foster, right? Banana, cinnamon, (laughs) throw some butter in there. Banana cream pie. Ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or a tea bag, you know, like if I've had like a peppermint tea or something like that. If you throw that in, then it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't taste bad. A banana peel doesn't taste horrible. It just doesn't taste. Come up with a line of like banana infused banana teas. No I can kidding. see that would be a great product for us, you know, a healthy <laughs> I'm in. Okay. Anyone who wants to dehydrate some banana peels and turn it into a powder for some instant drink, I am so in. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody's come up with this already. Well, now they're gonna. That's right. You put it into the universe. It's gone. Sorry, girls. By the time we finish this radio show today, there's going to be five banana peel <laughs> products on the, on the shelf in the Whole Foods. <laughs> New superfood. I'll tell you though, I would buy it and they could be a, they could be a sponsor, you know, there you go. <laughs> so if you haven't tried it, you got, you got to give it a try and tell everyone, you know, I've got my, um, my neighbor over here, her dad's having trouble sleeping and he started doing it and now he's out like a light. So there's uh, there's testimonials coming in right and left. <laughs> oh, that's, that's always good. Did anybody uh, put onto the Facebook page that they have tried this banana concoction? I'm looking. Has anybody, oh, yeah. has anybody tried this thing? 
Well, Andrew, I was wondering if maybe you had some herbal advice for us on the same topic. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, well, beyond the herbal advice, uh, you've got to shut down all your computers by nine o'clock, right? So you shut down your phone, you shut down your computer, because this is all white light. And that's stimulating your pineal gland and telling you, hey, it's daytime. Get up. Let's go. Let's get the sugar going. Um, So you got to shut off. If you're having trouble sleeping, shut off all the computers, all the white lights and get a good old fashioned like golden colored light lamp for the side of your bed or the living room or something like that. But beyond that, I also don't recommend eating food after a certain amount of time at night because... um, when you eat, your body goes into digestion and that's, that's, you don't want to be in digestion phase when you're going into sleep because then you're not rejuvenating and it's, it does wake the body up for certain processes. So like you have to like three hour window, don't eat anything. And then if you're going to have anything, it's just a tea, right? Something that's light and easy to digest. Um, you know, like your banana peel tea, for example. <laughs> you know, <laughs> see, it's or, perfect. <laughs> yeah, you could also do lemon balm. Um, I mean, there's of course ashwagandha, which you could take during the day, which helps to nourish and support the endocrine system, and that'll help you sleep at night. Because if the en- endocrine system is is out of whack, you're not you're not going to bed. Uh, go ahead, Lisa. I just want to point out in Oprah Magazine this month there is a huge section on sleep like pages and pages of great tips. I'm pretty sure Michael Bruce is one of the people quoted in there as well. And so check it out because there's all sorts of new research. One thing I read was that when you have only six hours of sleep a night, it's like drinking two glasses of wine in an hour. And if you have like only a few hours of sleep, it's like drinking four glasses of wine in an hour. So you shouldn't be driving. You shouldn't be drinking. You probably shouldn't even be talking to anybody because you're probably like in a semi-psychotic state, you know, without that sleep. But this is serious stuff. We really need to take our sleep much more seriously. Yeah. I was at, um, I was, I was at CVS yesterday because my, my kids got, you know, every sickness known to man. We were here strep throat. So we're standing there waiting for his uh, antibiotic. Uh, and I look over in the shelf and there's that um, Z-Quil, you know, it's like day yeah. that doesn't have any medicine except the part that puts you to sleep. And they're selling them in these huge bottles like this in a, a two pack of those. Cause you know, like, holy mackerel, that's how bad people are suffering with sleep problems. Right oh there yeah. On the shelf. Grab your two pack. Yeah, I mean it's it's widespread across this country. And um, did, what did you say, Lisa? That Oprah's coming on the show. She's going to be talking uh, on the show. Is that what you <laughs> she <saying>? contacted us. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. That's right. Uh, yeah, but you know this um, uh, across our country and probably around the world, I think that we are sleep deprived. And it's because we're setting up our society, our human society, as if we are robots and can go constantly. You just plug them in, you plug them in, and then they go. But human beings are not designed that way. We're designed um, in a more like natural creatures, right? That have a sleep path. (laughs) We're not robots. We're not battery operated. We actually need to rejuvenate in the night. Um, So... I think it's it's a running rampant around the world right now. Absolutely. I've I've heard the light bulb being blamed for like the advent of these sleep problems because once we had a light bulb, well suddenly we could have factories that ran all night long and people who had to work in them and we could be doing things in the evening. We didn't just have to go to sleep because the sun went down. So once we learned how to light up a room, 
Damn it, Thomas Edison. Yeah. yeah. And there's something else going on. Whenever somebody says to me, well, I don't need that much sleep. I'm like, how many cups of coffee do you drink in a typical day? And they're drink, they're pounding the coffee all day long. It's like, well, what would happen if you took that away? You know, they wouldn't be able to function. So <laughs> our, our, sound engineer, our sound engineer is telling us he drinks three coffees a day and gets four hours of sleep per night. Arab, <laughs> listen up, buddy, because in just a few moments, we're going to be chatting with our guest, Dr. Michael Bruce, and Lisa mentioned him earlier. He's a clinical psychologist. He's a diplomat of the American Board of Sleep Medicine and fellow of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. See, this is big deal. This is how big of a problem it is. We got academies. We got all these boards. <laughs> and he's the author of several books, including The Sleep Doctor's Diet Plan, Lose Weight Through Better Sleep which is true, you can, and good night, the Sleep Doctor's four-week program to better sleep and better health. Dr. Bruce has supplied his expertise to brands such as Princess Cruise Lines, they care about your sleep apparently, Advil PM, Crown Plaza Hotels, and today, lucky us, he's here on Healthy View Radio. So if you are feeling oh so freaking tired of not being able to sleep and staring at the ceiling all night, hang tight and we will be back in just a moment. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighaus, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. Join their Facebook community, HealthyViewRadio.com, to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? Please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Healthy View Radio. This is the place where we won't put you to sleep with our witty banter because we're engaging and fabulous. But we'll let you know the best ways that you could get some much-needed Zs at night when you lay your beautiful head down at the end of the day. And with us today to help you get the information that you need for a better night's sleep is Dr. Michael Bruce. He's the author of Beauty Sleep, Good Nights, and The Sleep Doctor's Diet Plan. And we're very excited to have him here with us today. Hello, Dr. Bruce. 
How's it going? Oh, it's going great. It's going great. Where, as you can see, the whole world is sleep deprived and is needing your information. So we're excited to have you. But we do like to ask a personal question or two before we get started, just to let our viewers and our listeners get to know you a little better on a human level. So um, fire away. What did you, the sleep doctor, have for breakfast today? I actually use, I do a protein shake every morning, even when I'm traveling. So I actually bring it with me. And um, I'm not a big morning breakfast person. My, I have a, my chronotype, which is uh, I'm more of a night owl. So when I wake up in the morning, it's very difficult for me to actually have any major breakfast. So I usually have a protein and um, uh, a probiotic shake that I bring with me. And then around 10 o'clock, I usually have some form of like a keto or paleo bar that I bring with me places. And then I usually have a much bigger lunch. If I do have breakfast, it's usually almost always high protein, high fat. Wow. Uh, okay. And so what is the number one thing that you do on a daily basis that has a greatest impact on your life? I take uh, omega-3s and vitamin D. Um, it's remarkable how much energy it gives me, allows me to do the things that I want to do. Um, and I would say the second thing is being the sleep doctor um, I have a very consistent sleep schedule. I go to bed at midnight. I wake up at about 6.15, 6.30, and I have for most of my adult life, and that's also served me very well. That's fantastic. And here is my last personal question for you. What is okay. your guilty pleasure? Is it oversleeping maybe? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, my guilty pleasures. That's, that's a, I love ice cream. Um, I just do. Uh, there's no getting around it. Uh, so I would say one of my biggest guilty pleasures would be ice cream on occasion. Uh, I love to play poker. Um, and so that would be another one. Uh, <laughs> and then the final one is, um, I like, uh, when my French bulldog sleeps in the bed next to me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're getting down to the nitty-gritty now. Uh, how yep. important is sleep to our survival and to our health? It's an interesting question. So uh, the best way I can answer that is to say you can live without water for about three days. You can live without food for almost 30. You can live without sleep for only seven. So sleep is fundamental to a the entire human existence. Um, and depriving yourself of that sleep affects every organ system and every disease state. I mean, at the end of the day, everything you do, you do better with a good night's sleep. So, you know, it's, it really is, I would argue, more important than diet and more important than exercise. Because if you're not sleeping, you're definitely gaining weight and you're certainly not working out. Hmm. And then what do you think is going on in the world that more and more people are getting poor quality and deficient sleep? Well, I think that the world has really turned into this 24-7 society. I know um, before uh, the break, you guys were talking about Thomas Edison and the invention of the light bulb. That definitely started things off. Um, I think another invention that changed a lot was the invention of overtime, right? So mm. when people get paid time and a half or two times mm. their normal rate for working extra hours or odd hours, sleep is the thing that they usually say, oh, I'll get some more of that later. The other thing to remember is that our brains, actually, the more sleepy we get, the less our brain tells us that we're tired. What our brain normally tells us to do is to push on. There must be some reason why we're still awake and to keep going. So I think there's a really big combination. Also, let's be really honest. Sleep is not high on the totem pole for a lot of people. 
Um, you know, they, I, I hear all the time, I'll sleep when I'm dead, which my comment back is that's going to happen a lot sooner than you might imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, you know, I think people can really push themselves and get by. And also don't forget, you know, the number one abused substance in the world is caffeine. So, you know, we've got lots of people who replace their sleep with caffeine. And of course, that doesn't work very well for very long. No, I agree. My nephew, he's a young kid. He's only 20 years old and he can't sleep at night. I'm like, well, how much caffeine are you drinking? He goes, no, co- coffee has nothing to do with it. <laughs> right? That's Actually, the mentality. It does. <laughs> yes. So, um, oh, yeah. And so many ahead. kids don't even realize like what's in energy drinks. Um, and things like that. I mean, I, I have two teenagers. They have no caffeine in their diet, but a lot of their friends are drinking energy drinks at school or after school before sports, and then they're wondering why they can't sleep at night. And so there's a lot of caffeine in a lot of different substances that people don't realize. Yeah, it's true. So let me ask you a question, because I think statistically women have a harder time sleeping than men. Do you have any clarity on that? Yeah, so there is some data to suggest that. Um, also, women have a tendency to need a little bit more sleep than men. At least that's what some of the literature is showing. Women, on average, are needing, um, I think it's like 28 or something more minutes than men in one study. And, um, and we don't know why that is, but I have some guesses. Uh, my guess is, is that women's brains are more complicated than men. They have a <laughs> lot, lot more stuff going on. I could have told you that. <laughs> I know. It's not like this is a revelation to you ladies. I can appreciate that. Um, but, you know, us guys, we, you know, we're big dumb animals half the time and or probably more than half the time. And, um, you know, we, our brains don't seem to require uh, the, the amount of sleep. Um, I think a lot of that actually has to do with hormones, menstrual cycles, menopause, I mean, you know, everything that, that occurs within the female system can have an effect on sleep and requires energy. And, you know, remember, when we're sleeping, at least one of the theories is, is that's kind of when we recharge our batteries. Yeah, I believe that for sure. And, uh, and it's interesting that women require more sleep and also women live longer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no question. You guys so are the superior harder. species. <laughs> and Michelle said we're so much smarter. <laughs> oh, Lord, you didn't know what you were getting into when you signed on to come on to this show, Doc. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I like you ladies. You're fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know that we were talking a little bit about food. You said that, you know, sleep is more important than food and more important. And, and really it is because we can't function without it. Um, but what are some of the foods that you would recommend that could help promote better sleep? So it's an interesting question. So first of all, let's talk about some of the myths that are out there. The big one I always hear about is turkey, okay? Mm-hmm. Because turkey has a substance in it called tryptophan. You'd have to eat like a 25-pound turkey in order to get enough <laughs> tryptophan for it to really work. Also, tryptophan doesn't work particularly well in the presence of protein. So even if you eat a 25-pound turkey, it's not going to do a whole lot of good to you. <laughs> By the way, the reason that people are so tired after Thanksgiving has very little to do with turkey. What it has to do with is that their, their in-laws have finally left the house and they're so exhausted <laughs> from dealing with them that they're thrilled and they lie on the couch and they sleep for three days. Um, either that or cooking of the meal and all that kind of stuff is really the stress related around it. The second big myth I hear all the time is warm milk. Um, so I calculated it out and you'd have to drink almost a gallon of warm milk. 
Now, nothing sounds more disgusting to me than drinking a gallon of warm milk. Because, yeah. again, from a tryptophan standpoint, it, you, that's what you'd need in order to get there. If you really I wanted to look at some foods that, ha- that may have some, some real worth to them when it comes to, to sleeping, one thing that you guys were talking about earlier uh, are bananas. Bananas are loaded with magnesium. Um, I call them nature's sleeping pill. Uh, they're definitely uh, helpful from potassium, magnesium, sodium standpoint. Um, as you guys were talking before, my recipe for banana tea, where you take the banana with the peel and you boil it in water for four or five minutes, that has been shown to be very, very helpful for many, many people. Another thing that's been interesting for folks out there who are listening who wake up in the middle of the night, there is some data to now suggest that, in fact, um, blood sugar is dumping in the middle of the night, which causes a rise in insulin, which causes cortisol to increase and makes you wake up. So how do you prevent that? Uh, one way is with raw honey. So a teaspoon, not a tablespoon now, but a teaspoon of raw honey uh, about 25 minutes before bed will help keep your blood sugar stable. I've had several patients where that helps them sleep through the night. Again, the banana tea is definitely something that has helped people. Um, if you're not a big fan of bananas, also guava leaf tea, that's G-U-A-V-A, guava leaf tea. If you go on Amazon, you can just type in guava leaf tea. I get the one that's 120 count because it takes about 30 days or so, but it actually also helps with keeping blood sugar stable. Uh, and then believe it or not, there's actually data on tart cherry juice. So mm-hmm. drinking between six and eight ounces of tart cherry juice twice a day was shown to increase um, overall sleep, the quality of that sleep, and how fast it makes you fall asleep. So in that Oprah spread that I see you contributed to, they also mentioned black walnuts as something to help you sleep. And I don't even know what black walnuts are. Is this a thing? So if if memory serves, black walnuts are one of the nuts that actually are high in melatonin. Um, Tart cherries are the highest. I think I want to say if memory serves, black walnuts are, are, are one of the highest. Also, omegas are big. And I know there's a lot of omegas in walnuts as well. Um, and that's part of the reason why I take omega supplements every day. But that, that having that balance in your system can be very useful for sleep as well. Yeah. And also, Lisa, very interesting that you brought up black walnuts because uh, traditionally um, herbal medicine, black walnut is a vermifuge. It helps to um, get rid of worms and parasites. Mm. And oh, yeah, and old, old wives tale is if you can't sleep at night, you're, you have parasites throughout your system, right? The parasites <laughs> are agitating you and waking you up. So I, I could see how that works. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, to follow along that thread, I would also argue that, you know, the, probably the newest area that very few people have really started to look at yet is the microbiome and how does the microbiome affect sleep. And so for folks out there who may or may not know what the microbiome is, is right below your stomach is where your small intestine, large intestine, or what we call your gut is. And that's, that's got billions and billions of bacteria in it. And this, this makes up your microbiome. If your microbiome is off, if there's not good gut bacteria in there, but bad gut bacteria in there, we definitely see some sleep-related issues. They haven't been well-defined yet because this is an incredibly new area of study, but um, it's definitely something to start thinking about in the future and making sure that you've got a healthy gut for healthy sleep. Yeah, I, I agree with that entirely. In uh, Chinese medicine, when the mind is too active or overactive, you won't be able to sleep at night. So Correct. the microbiome and the mind, you know, the gut and the mind connection is really uh, coming strong. to the forefront in the scientific community now. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I mean, look, this year, the Nobel Prize was awarded to circadian rhythm researchers. I mean, 
sleep is it, you know, I mean, I, I, I you could have, you would have fooled me 18 years ago when I got involved in this field. I never thought you'd see a Nobel prize in medicine for circadian rhythm work, but now that's what we're starting to see. This is, it's really cool stuff. And we're definitely going to be learning more and more as the years come forward. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah. what, what are your top five things that people can do to get a better night's sleep? Absolutely. So step number one is, is have a consistent sleep schedule, even on the weekend. Now, here's the caveat is it's all about the wake up time. So if you wake up at 630 during the week, I know this is going to stink. Wake up at 630 on the weekend. Sleeping in even by as little as 30 minutes causes a scenario called social jet lag, where your body gets used to sleeping in Saturday morning, used to sleeping in Sunday morning. Then guess what? That's why Monday stinks. So keeping a consistent wake-up time is step number one. Step number two is stopping caffeine by 2 p.m. Now, you notice I didn't say stop caffeine. Uh, there would be like a worldwide revolt if that happened. <laughs> so I, I, I don't – and I look, I have a cup of coffee every once in a while. It's not a big deal. But if you can stop by 2, the half-life of caffeine is between 6 and 8 hours. It won't have as large an effect, if any effect at all, on your ability to fall asleep at night. Step number three has to do with alcohol. I got no problems if you want to have a glass of wine or beer or cocktail or even two with dinner, but you really want to give yourself time to digest through that. The average human body takes approximately one hour to digest one alcoholic beverage. So if you have two drinks at dinner, you want to wait two hours before lights out. While alcohol makes you sleepy, there's a really big difference between falling asleep and passing out, right? So you really want to make sure that you're not using alcohol as a sleep aid, but giving your body time to digest that because you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and have to pee. Your arousal threshold will get much lower and you'll have a very rough night of sleep. Step number four has to do with exercise. And so exercise is probably the best way to improve the quality of your sleep. Um, but I'm not saying you got to go out and run a marathon. 20 minutes of moderate exercise, take the dog for a walk, whatever it is, will definitely improve your sleep. But you really want to make sure that you don't exercise too close to bedtime because for some people that can be very stimulating. And then the last step, is step number five, is when you wake up in the morning within 30 minutes of waking up, you want to drink 16 ounces of water and get 10 minutes of direct sunlight. The water, when people sleep at night in their breath, they actually breathe out almost a full liter of water a night. This is why your lips are dry in the mornings. And so getting hydrated absolutely helps uh, kick in your metabolism, but also helps wake you up. And the sunlight is really good because when sun hits the optic nerve, it actually turns off the melatonin faucet in your brain. So really quickly, step number one is have one wake-up time and stick to it. Step number two is stop caffeine by 2 p.m. Step number three is give yourself one hour per alcoholic beverage uh, before lights out. Step number four is give yourself about three or four hours after you work out before lights out. And step number five is drink water and get sunlight each morning. That's awesome. And the sunlight will also help to reset the circadian rhythms, right? Exactly. And help with vitamin D production. Yeah. So according to your, th your uh, five steps, Lisa and Michelle will have to stop drinking at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, right? To get Understood. a good night's that sleep. Could be an that issue. <laughs> I'll do my best. Does that mean no chocolate after 2 p.m. either? Chocolate is the, is the caveat. My wife told me a long time ago, if I ever tell women they can't have chocolate, we're getting a divorce immediately. <laughs> Good woman. There's, not a, there's really not a ton of caffeine in chocolate. I mean, there are people who are caffeine sensitive, but generally speaking, you know, as long as you're not eating a four-pound Hershey bar, I think you're in good shape. 
Well, this is all great information. Um, and I know that you have a, a bunch of books and you have online programs. I was all over your website the other day and it looks wonderful. Uh, can you share with our listeners and our viewers where they can find out more information about you and, and what you have going on? Absolutely. Uh, my website is super easy to remember. It's thesleepdoctor.com. Nobody hopefully will ever forget that. And we do. I have um, an online course to teach people how to sleep better. I have a specialty online course for people who have insomnia. Um, I've got three books. Uh, my newest book is called The Power of When, W-H-E-N, and it's all about chronotypes. I mentioned chronotypes um, briefly, but some people are early birds, some people are night owls. If you learn what you are, you can actually change what's going on in your day, and it can be incredibly effective and increase your levels of productivity. Um, and I publish new um, content every week on my blog, so I would uh, definitely get people to sign up for my newsletter. You'll learn a ton, I promise. Uh, thanks so much, Doc. Thanks for sharing your wisdom, your sleep wisdom with us. You've just saved millions of women and men across America. <laughs> I, look, I love coming on your show. You guys do a great job. I'll come back anytime. Okay, thanks so much. All right, take care. Okay, so uh, speaking of better sleep, our sponsor, Four Sigmatic, has a new and exciting blend of mushrooms and adaptogens to help you ensure to get a good night's sleep. This sleep blend includes reishi to help your body adapt to stress better, ashwagandha, which everybody's all abuzz about ashwagandha, to help restore balance in the endocrine system and has been shown to encourage more restful sleep and help with stress management. It also contains magnesium, which we were talking about, to calm the nerves and to help you fall asleep. So go to foursigmatic.com forward slash HVR to save 15% and get your better sleep brew today. Coming up after the break, we have Susie Glasky. She's the founder of Peppermint Wellness. And this is appropriate for the final segment today. It's kind of like having a mint on your pillow before bed. So keep your eyes open for our last segment. We'll be right back after these messages. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighaus, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. Join their Facebook community, HealthyViewRadio.com, to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought, showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? Please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am Lisa Lutan, and I'm here today with my amazing co-hosts, Michelle Fennighouse and Andrew Beeman. We've been talking about the importance of sleep with Dr. Michael Bruce, and what an important conversation this has been, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I love him. I yeah, wanted to come here and teach my husband how to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super great guy. And actually, his book is really interesting. I highly recommend it, all your sleep types. And it, it actually talks about when the best time of day to negotiate, basically, you know, like if you were wanting to ask for a raise or something based on your sleep type. It's super cool. So guys, I have a question because a lot of my uh, clients and just women that I speak to will say, I've been getting up at five o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning so that I can work out because it's the only time of day I have to exercise. But you know that means that they're only getting maybe five hours of sleep. And <laughs> I think it's come up a few times during this conversation that not sleeping can actually promote weight gain. So what do you think about this conundrum that women find themselves in of having to sacrifice sleep or sacrifice the workout? So for me, sleep is always number one. Like I feel like if I don't have a good night's sleep, I don't function and I don't get a good workout. So I would put sleep as a higher priority. How about you, Andrea? Yeah. Uh, like, like I said, I had that experience when I had Lyme where I was not getting sleep and I'm telling you it affected every single aspect of my life in a negative way. Like, I, I clearly could have not eaten food for six weeks and felt fine, but not getting sleep, it was horrible. You know, two hours here, one hour there, it was just, it was a nightmare. So what do you we know, do if there's no time to work out, but we have to get our sleep? Well, you got to work out during the day. Yeah, or go to bed earlier. Yeah. Wake up earlier. <laughs> oh, you know, though, it's the mom who works all day and she gets home. She's got to take care of the kids. And by the time she gets to bed, she, you know, 10 o'clock and then she's got to be up for work again. I feel like women really are in a double bind in some ways. What yeah. if you sling that little kid onto your back and you do some jumping jacks, you know, or something like that? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It turns into um, making more of the things you're already doing. So if you're like you're already going to the grocery store just park in the far lot. <laughs> do some jumping yeah. jacks in the parking lot. That's <laughs> your <Yeah. laughs> You know, but the truth is we do make time for things that are important to us. And if, if sleep is important, you will make the time in your day for it. There's always an extra half hour that you can pull from something else, like being on social media, doing emails to get that extra sleep. Oh, by the way, when I get my period, I sleep longer. Like sometimes I'll even have to take a nap. Just all the guys that are grossed out by the idea of, <laughs> of a period, just block that out from your mind. But um, it's like when my body goes through an operation, like, you know, sloughing off the uterine lining, it gets more tired. And I actually feel like sometimes I need a nap. Sometimes I sleep more like two weeks ago I had the flu. I slept eight and a half hours at night. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, but I didn't do it on purpose. It's just that my body needed more sleep during those times. It needed that rejuvenation. Wait, wait, wait. So is eight and a half hours like a lot of sleep for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like normally I'm like six and a half, seven hours, maybe seven, 
seven hours, 15 minutes, something like that. Oh man, you guys like on the weekend, if I, we don't have to get up, you know, my son gets on the bus pretty early in the morning. So on the weekends, if I can just sleep, I'll sleep until like 10 o'clock. I know they, I know the doctor said, don't do that, but like, I'll sleep like 10 hours. And then I wake up like, Oh, I am a new woman. (laughs) I have some really bad news for you, Michelle. (laughs) Really, really, really bad news. Like, I think once I got into my forties, my sleep changed forever that no matter, and I was always like a great late morning sleeper most of my life. I wake up like 5.36, boom, didn't matter what time I went to bed. I was just up at the crack of dawn. And that has continued for like the last, you know, 12 or 14 years. And I can go to bed at two in the morning and I'm still up. So enjoy those Z's while you (laughs) I think that's really common though, right? That's sort of by design that the body needs less sleep. As we I still need age, sleep, Did you I don't, age, I don't say it. age. <laughs> you know what? It's like if I had woken up at that time when I had little babies, it would have been great. But I couldn't do it then, and now that they don't need me in the morning, I can't wake up. It's not fair. I mean, I can't uh, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that is backwards. You could have yeah. used the, the early wake ups back then. My my little guy wouldn't uh, sleep past five o'clock in the morning. This kind of goes back to <laughs> eating before bed or not eating before bed. When he was little, he would wake up at five o'clock in the morning every day, and I was losing my mind. Mm-hmm. Visited my mom uh, that year for Christmas, and the kid was how old is he? Maybe like eleven months old, and she fed him an entire Italian sausage. Next morning, that kid slept till eight o'clock. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so if anybody out there doesn't want to try the banana peel tea, just try eating a lot of sausage. Maybe Listen, he was hungry. Maybe it was like a yeah. blood sugar thing. Possibly. So. Yeah, that would have been the first kid I gave away. The five o'clock in the morning kid. That's <laughs> goodbye, adoption house. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I do think he was hungry because at that age, I didn't know how much solid food to give him. First time mom. And, um, but I think that's true for all of us. Like if, we're, if obviously if we don't eat enough or if we're eating too much, or the whole blood sugar thing can really interfere um, with our sleep. Yeah. Which is so confusing because you keep hearing about intermittent fasting and not eating for 16 hours, but then are you hungry during the night? Like there's so much contradictory information being kind of sent our way. So, Well, on that, um, I think, I mean, the, the people do it all different ways. And Andrea, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say. But uh, one way to do intermittent fasting, but make sure that you sleep well is do eat dinner but then leave the gap between an early-ish dinner and a late-ish breakfast. So that's where the big window of time is. Yeah, and I agree. I think that one of the things that upsets up will upset up someone's sleep is if their body is expecting sugar, right? So or expecting food or expecting so like the people that have like six to seven meals a day, I, I don't think that that's healthy because you're training your body. That, oh, every two hours or every three da- three hours, I need to have more sugar, more sugar, more sugar. So your body never goes into reserve mode to get to the stored sugar. And it's always so at night when you're sleeping, then your body's like, where's the sugar? Where is where is this two-hour window? What, hello, what are you gonna, just going to let me starve here in the middle of the night? So um, I, I think that intermittent fasting is great because you're actually training your body how to go to longer periods of time without having to have actual food. Is that something that you do, Andrea? Intermittent fasting? 
Well, yeah, like I'll eat my last meal at, you know, like seven o'clock or eight o'clock. And then I don't eat again until 10 o'clock the next day. But that, that's just my cycle. So I get like a 12 hour window of no food. And yeah, you know, the days that I feel the best, I'm kind of the opposite of most people. I'll stop eating at like four and then go and have breakfast at like six, six thirty because I am an early riser. So, you know, and I don't do it all the time because I'd have zero social life. But when uh-huh. I do, I am <laughs> so happy. I feel great when I do it. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. For those, for listeners who are wondering about intermittent fasting, it's this, it's sort of a flexible idea where, you know, you choose to not eat. Some people do it a day of eating on and a day of eating off or, you know, certain days of the week they eat and certain days they don't. But another way of doing it is certain hours of the day you eat and hours of the day that you fast. So that's kind of what we're talking about. And I think that's a, I think it's, it's a pretty hot topic. Maybe we should do a whole show about that. Yeah. yeah, totally. Aren't we? Don't, isn't it on the roster when Oprah comes? Isn't that what Oprah's talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably on there somewhere. Yeah, she's going to be running for president and on our show at the same time. I mean, oh, I read the yeah. news. <laughs> <laughs> That's real funny. So what else do you guys do when your clients are having trouble with sleep? Because we're having trouble getting Susie on the line. So uh, we can keep going with this. Well, I will say that my mom, I think, gave me the best advice ever. She didn't realize that when I was a kid, and I often couldn't sleep probably because I had a Pepsi at 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) And she would come in and she would say, just rest. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like such simple advice, but the truth is that, you know, when you can't sleep, you get into a thing, oh my God, I'm never going to sleep. I'm not going to wake up. I'm going to miss my meeting. You know, like we get into this crazy cycle. And so, uh, and one of the questions I did ask Michael Bruce last year was, does rest, is it okay? Is it good enough? And he said, it's way better than not sleeping. Okay. So if you do wake up, if you try to keep yourself calm and just stay relaxed, you will get some benefits out of that. Yeah. There's for the spinning mind when you wake, if you can keep, go get a a tincture of passion flower. And if you could keep that on the side of your bed, when you can't sleep because your mind is spinning, right? It's spinning out of control. It's like stuck in a crag. And the same thing is running over and over and over and over and over again. Same thought. Take the passion flower. It usually helps to shift that thought and relax the body. It's almost, it's a natural, natural sedative. (laughs) Passion flower. Oh, I'll keep that in mind. I've certainly had that problem in the past. Dear God, where were you then? Um, so listen, we could always um, we could always hang with Susie another day. Yeah, um, I'm here. Oh, ah! Hey, she got here. Hello, oh I just joined you. Can you hear me? Everyone. Okay. Wait, Susie, let me officially introduce you. Hold okay. on, everybody. We're <laughs> Sorry, so I jumped excited. the gun. <laughs> well, we're so excited because Susie Glasby's on the line, and she's one of the first functional medicine certified health coaches in the UK. And she's also the founder of Peppermint Wellness, which I absolutely love that name. Love, love, Thank love. You. It's very refreshing. Well, after a 22-year career in PR, mainly promoting the food processing industry, Susie followed her heart and retrained as a health coach. She now works with individuals, groups, and organizations to empower people to take back their health, boost their energy, feel comfortable in their own skin, and start to thrive Welcome, Susie. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here with you. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> Good afternoon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's dark here in Manchester where I am. It's, it's very, feels very nighttimey. 
<laughs> well, well, so Susie, are you a good sleeper? Am I a good sleeper? Do you know, um, I go through phases. I am trying to work on going to bed earlier and having my technology sundown. And I have to admit, it's one of my weak spots as a health coach. So I'm, it's, it's, it's something I'm working on, but it, it doesn't come naturally to switch off all my social media feeds at half past eight. Um, so I'm kind of trying to inch up there. Susie, you just gave away a secret that health coaches aren't perfect. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Do you know, it's so true because, um, and it's something that's so important to get across because I actually got a really stroppy email from someone last week saying, I saw your vlog on sleep and you must sleep perfectly because you wouldn't make a vlog like that. And it made my blood boil. And so often I'll, I'll meet friends and they'll say, oh, if I'm feeling really good, I'll look at your I'll look at your vlogs or blogs. And if I'm feeling rubbish about myself, I think, oh, I don't want to see it. And I said to them, you know, I'm talking to myself as much as everyone else when mm -hmm. I make a vlog because I need to do this stuff as well. And don't think for one second that I've got it all figured out because I'm also, you know, trying my hardest and sometimes I get it right. And sometimes I most definitely don't. Right, exactly. And that's what we're all trying to do and help our clients to just keep working on it little by little, making yeah. improvements, right? Yeah. Tell us about the work you're doing. Okay, so I work a lot with companies and also, um, well, we have, it's very exciting here in the UK at the moment because we, we don't actually have any history of health coaches working with doctors or in fact health coaches working very much because um, there's no awareness of health coaches, there's no awareness of functional medicine here. But we have, um, I don't know if you're aware of Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, who is, he's going to hit the States. If you haven't heard of him, he's going to hit the States very shortly. And he's, he's been billed as the doctor of the future and he is mm. talking all the time about lifestyle medicine and these little changes that make the most enormous effect to people's health. So there's, we're going through a rapid period of change here in the UK, and I'm hoping that we're going to catch up because we're very much behind the, the US, sort of 20 years behind. Um, but I was actually I, quite curious yeah. about the health culture in the UK. Like, you know, is for the everyday person, what is it like? And are there healthy restaurants? What's going on there? Okay, so where I am in Manchester, which is more or less the UK's second city, there are lots of healthy restaurants. Um, you know, there's like new moon ceremonies, and, and it's becoming a little bit like LA in these little pockets of Manchester. But then we also have the worst health, one of the worst health outcomes in the whole of the UK here in Manchester. So it's very much a mixed bag. And um, I'm really keen to get out to just the public, you know, rather than just people who have their green duties and go to yoga every day. I really want to get out to just the person in the street who is incredibly confused and bewildered and realistically has never seen an avocado. You know, I do a lot of corporate workshops with people who work in warehouses and on the shop floor. And I, you know, they've, they've never held an avocado, they've never tried one. So there's really a polarity between the kind of wellness, you know, Instagram and 
Deliciously Ella, who's massive. I don't know if she's famous in the States, but lots of kind of aspirational wellness type people. And then just the general public who are really struggling. We have the same problems with obesity, unfortunately, that you have in the US. We're catching up very quickly in terms of type 2 diabetes, etc. Um, so, yeah, we're really the sick man of Europe, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Susie, since we just have a little bit of time, I want to make sure you can tell people where they can learn more about you. Sure, sure. So um, my website is Peppermint Wellness. And my YouTube channel is also Peppermint Wellness. And I've been very fortunate to interview some of um, the amazing doctors who you have over in the U.S., people like Mark Hyman and um, David Pulmutter, who wrote Grain Brain, um, Gary Taubes, who wrote um, The Case Against Sugar, so there's quite a few interviews with um, doctors who I really respect and admire on my YouTube channel. And I have lots of resources on the website. I have a shopping list. I'm a mum of three, so I like things very practical and very, you know, time-saving. So it's um, healthy tips for healthy shoppers that you can download, and it's got my tips there, and you can write your shopping list. So I like things that are very, very practical. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Everybody, it's been a a great episode today. Visit us at healthyviewradio.com where you can comment live each week and go to iTunes. Check us out and please leave us a five-star review. If it's four, maybe, but we really prefer a five. But definitely, (laughs) please help us spread the word and get all this great news about great health out to the world. Thanks, everyone, and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Healthy View Radio. Please join Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fennighaus again for another fun and insightful edition of our show. We're live again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. See you soon.